Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and today we are going to talk about the risks of macro tracking, the difference between rigid dietary control and flexible dietary control, and tips for building confidence eating healthfully without tracking macros. And you might hear info here that aligns well with what you already believe. And you might hear stuff in this episode that you're like, what is this bitch talking about, right? And my goal with this episode is not to convince you that I am right. That's not the goal with any of my content. It is to help you think for yourself when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to your body, when it comes to how you would like to live your life because food is an integral part of how you live, right? And so you might hear this and my personal experience might resonate with you a lot. And I might sound kind of convincing, but I want you to consider what am I hearing here and how does that apply to me? And I wanted to mention this because in a client call the other day, we talked about the impact that media can have on food beliefs and eating habits. And my client had this really amazing question because she realized like I am sitting down to eat food and I have someone's voice in my head that is someone that I don't even know, but I have this voice in my head thinking like, oh, I'm not eating the right thing because this person that I saw a video on TikTok was telling me that I should eat this way, right? And so her question was, how do I filter this information so that I know what actually I should listen to and what is just making life harder? And I want to fill you in on kind of what we talked about and I want you to keep this in your mind as you listen. What is fact and what is opinion? And even if it is fact, what about this information is helpful for me and where I'm at right now? And what about this information is not helpful for me and where I'm at right now? And then the last question is what actually aligns with my values and goals? This is really important because even though information, there may be information that is based in fact, and it may be information that is not helpful for you and where you are right now. So with that, let's chat about some of the risks of macro tracking. I also want to chat about like, Yes, there are people that can approach it from a truly flexible uh, way, and I'm not here to tell people that they should not be tracking macros. I'm here to illustrate because everyone now, it seems like they're promising, you know, sustainable fat loss and food freedom through macro tracking. And honestly, I think that we need to understand what the risks of doing something like this are because I'm the coach that many women come to after working with one of these macro-based coaches and I'm the coach that they come to and they're like, hey, I want to quit tracking macros, but I don't know how to eat healthfully without them because this coach told me that in order to eat well, I needed to track. Let's talk about some skills at the end that are going to help reduce your reliance on numbers and macros and build more of that self-trust around food. When I first heard about macros, it was called flexible dieting. It was like the IIFYM, if it fits your macros approach, right? And I loved this idea because I was like, oh, I can eat whatever I wanted. But obviously there's the caveat uh, of I could eat whatever I wanted as long as it fit my macros. And I would see people on social media making these like indulgent looking desserts and these giant bowls of food with the caption like, this is only 50 calories and like 75 grams of protein, which Obviously, I'm exaggerating because that's impossible, but you get it. It's like this, oh my gosh, I can eat these indulgent foods for so low macros. And so we sort of like, I got sucked into being like everything macro friendly. And if you've been a listener for a long time, you've heard me talk about macros before. You might know a bit of my macro story. 
And to make it really, really short, if you want a full story, I think it's episode 28 of the podcast. But um, basically, I started tracking my macros in order to drop a weight class for Olympic weightlifting. And slowly and sneakily, the data and the numbers that are associated with macros and controlling my weight became really obsessive. And I remember I would create these quote-unquote macro-friendly recipes in my fitness pal. And then every time I would remake the recipe, I would tweak the recipe to reduce the carbs or reduce the fat and increase the protein. I would try to like make it even more macro-friendly, right? Like my goal was essentially to how much volume of food can I eat for the least amount of calories possible? And I would sit there and I would browse like food blogs and recipe pages And I remember one day with a friend, I sat there and we were just like scrolling photos of ice cream. But then afterwards, of course, I wouldn't let myself eat the ice cream. I went and I made myself like a banana, like cauliflower version. And going out to eat with me back then was a freaking nightmare because I didn't want to share anything and I made all kinds of substitutions. And then I would finish my meal. I would go home and I would sit there and like crave sweets and treats and the food that I didn't allow myself to eat when I went out. And so flexible dieting technically was flexible as long as I stayed within a very specific set of numbers, but those numbers ended up ruling my life. And this is because flexible dieting might not be as flexible as we think it is. We need to discuss a really important concept, which is this concept of rigid dietary control versus flexible dietary control. And so macro tracking is touted as flexible dietary control. And for some people, they can approach it with a truly flexible mindset. For many, many, many others, it becomes this thing that is rigid and inflexible and can drive disordered eating patterns. And... This is something that as coaches, we need to be more aware of. We need to understand these risks. And we also need to know how to screen for these risks. When I work with coaches inside mentorship, this is something that we work on is understanding what do you need to know about your client in order to know if this client is at risk for being someone that can fall into disordered eating when it comes to macro tracking. And as I said before, Like we see all of these nutrition coaches, macro-based coaches promoting quote-unquote sustainable fat loss, food freedom, and it's not food freedom if you have to keep tracking macros to maintain the results you've achieved because you essentially end up tied to this thing. There's not freedom there. And rigid dietary control involves strict and inflexible adherence to specific dietary rules or guidelines, and this often includes precise tracking of macros, calories, or specific foods. So we have sort of transformed this and we think like, oh, it's only rigid dietary control if I'm like cutting out carbs completely. But rigid dietary control can also refer to, you know, I eat carbs, but I'm only allowed this amount of carbohydrates, right? And so rigid dietary control, what it looks like in practice might be, you know, sticking to your macros even if you're super hungry. So Let's say you are really, really hungry. It's the end of the day. You don't have any macros left and you just like try to drink sparkling water to keep yourself full or distract yourself or eat quote unquote like air foods. You might feel anxious or stressed if you go out to eat somewhere that you can't track or you don't know what's in the food. You might feel guilty or ashamed if you go over your numbers. You might be, this is something I used to do all the time is I would play macro Tetris and I would end up eating things that like I did not even like just to like hit my protein or not go over my carbs. Um, Often something that happens is people literally force feeding themselves protein. And rigid dietary control means seeing your macros as sort of the ultimate be-all, end-all of how much you can eat, not your body's needs or your personal preferences. 
And then on the other hand, when we look at flexible dietary control, it is a more adaptive and less rigid approach to eating. And so someone who practices flexible dietary control may have the goal to like eat mainly primarily balanced meals. They may have the goal to include protein in most meals or to have like a general goal of like, hey, I'd like to reach this amount of protein per day. But someone with flexible dietary control would feel totally okay about, you know, making an on-the-fly decision about what they want to order at a restaurant. They don't feel like they need to figure out exactly what they want beforehand. They're okay with being like, this is what I want in the moment. And they probably feel pretty comfortable saying yes to a treat that someone offers them without feeling the need to like switch up the rest of the day of eating to fit in that food. And flexible dietary control allows for a lot of variability in food choices and recognizes that our needs are going to change based on circumstances and individual preferences. And a really key point of flexible dietary control is it includes awareness and respect of internal body cues like hunger and fullness and is highly supported by mindful eating practices and the intuitive eating principles. And I want to give you an example of something that I've heard pretty frequently on Instagram recently. I've started following a lot more coaches because obviously as a coaching mentor, I want to know what people are talking about on social media. I've seen this repeated a few times and it's coaches saying, you know, one of the tips for fat loss success is eating the same meals over and over. And I wanted to give you sort of two sides to that. For my life, for example, when I was practicing rigid dietary control, I would eat the same breakfast every single day, weighed out to the gram, same amount of food every single day. I was very inflexible about changing that up. And if someone was like, hey, let's go out to breakfast, I would often feel guilty because then I would be like, oh, I have to change around my whole day. But now... I practice flexible dietary control and I eat almost the same breakfast pretty much every day because I like it and some days if I feel like eating something different, I'll have it. I usually have like very, again, very, very similar. I'll vary up the type of cereal that I use or I'll change the type of fruit or I'll use a different type of yogurt and I will eyeball this because I understand what feels good for my body and I also know that if I feel full, I can stop eating. I know that if my breakfast ends up being a little bit bigger today, it will fill me up for longer. If it's a little bit smaller today, then I will be a little bit more hungry a little bit earlier on. I want to dive into some of the warning signs that you may be approaching macros from a rigid dietary control perspective. So if you feel stress, fear, or anxiety in situations where you can't track, you ignore your hunger cues or you eat past fullness because macros, you're forcing yourself to finish your meal even though you're full because that's what you've tracked. Or you're really, really hungry but you don't allow yourself to eat because it's not time for lunch yet. You do constant mental calculation of calories or macros even if you're not actively tracking your food. You feel guilt or shame when you eat food that you can't track or food that isn't macro friendly. You feel the need to hit your macros perfectly or you feel bad or guilty. You avoid eating or you, you might say like, oh, I'm not hungry when there's food around that you can't track or when you don't know what's in it. You spend excessive time tracking food, pre-planning meals, or worrying about food. You're constantly thinking about your next meal, your macros, or your weight. You feel the need to healthify or make everything you eat macro-friendly. And you struggle to quote-unquote eat normally when not tracking. So often, you know, you'll overeat foods that you don't allow when you're tracking. You'll feel like a, like disgust or like a... In Spanish, rechazo. It's like, oh, that's such a good word in Spanish. You'll like, it's like people that are like, oh, I don't want to eat these protein rich foods when I'm not tracking. And part of that is because of the rigid control when they are tracking. 
And so I could go on, but I want to go, I, I want to be balanced about the information that I'm giving you here. So I also want to share signs that you might have a more flexible approach to macros. And so a more flexible would be like, you have no problem taking days or weeks off tracking. You don't feel guilty for doing it. And your eating habits don't look drastically different when you're not tracking versus when you do. You're in touch with your hunger and fullness. And if you feel full before a meal is finished, or if you feel hungrier than normal, there's no mental drama adjusting your meals to fit your body's needs. You see macros as a guideline, not a rule. And if you go slightly over or you end up slightly under due to what's happening with your body, it's not a big deal. Going out to eat or enjoying meals that are impossible to track or difficult to track is not something you worry about because you know that you can eat mindfully and allow your body's cues, your values, and your, your goals to guide you. You care about eating enough protein, but you don't stress if you don't hit perfect numbers. And you also don't force yourself to hit, you force feed yourself to hit your target. Couple more here. You don't feel the need to healthify everything. If you want regular ice cream, you eat the ice cream, you move on with your life. It doesn't cause any mental drama and you don't feel the need to like readjust everything in your day around it. A great sign of being more flexible is you have a more global view of your eating habits. You know that one quote unquote unhealthy or more indulgent meal is not going to have any effect on your health status or nutrition goals. And you're able to truly enjoy that without like any sort of mental drama around it. And overall, your mental drama around food is low. You know that overeating is normal sometimes and you know that bodies fluctuate. I want to touch on something really important is that often macro tracking can begin as something a little bit more flexible and drift into more rigid territory. Like most people don't start out, no, some people don't start out tracking macros with this like horribly rigid approach and then just get more rigid, often it will start out as this like exploration thing. Oh my gosh, wow, I didn't know that, that there was this much protein in this thing. And then over time it drifts into something a lot more rigid and inflexible. I want to talk about the risks that coaches and also just like regular people that are not coaches really need to be aware of and stuff that we need to start taking seriously because this is not stuff I'm making up. This is stuff that we are seeing in scientific papers, we are seeing in research, and it's something that in the like disordered eating, eating disorder world, like there is a reason why so many coaches are moving away from, from the style of eating because there are a lot of risks to it. And it takes a really great coach to be able to mitigate those risks and make sure that their clients are maintaining a more flexible approach. I'm going to call coaches out here for a second and like gently and with love because I've heard this from my mentoring clients. They're like, but it's easier for me to track a client's nutrition progress when I can see their numbers. And I agree, it can be easier, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best thing for your client. And it's up to you to actually do the best for your client, not necessarily just make it easy for you to know how much they're eating. Again, we can be coaching this stuff in a flexible way. We can approach this stuff in a flexible way. But it is often, there's a big mindset component and the way that these things are taught that it needs to be adjusted. And also, as I said before, like coaches that are just being like, okay, bye, bye clients, you're done with me. And that client doesn't understand how to not track macros. Like that is a risky thing for us to do. And so risks. 
these are, there's a few studies here that, that support them. I'm not going to go too deep into it because I'm going to be here for like a year if I do. So one of the big risks is increased stress and anxiety. Um, so there's a study in the International Journal of Eating Disorders in 2018 found that rigid dietary control, including macro tracking, is associated with increased anxiety and stress related to food. You can develop an unhealthy relationship with food. There was another, though, an International Journal of Behavioral Nutrition and Physical Activity, 2015, suggests that excessive dietary tracking may contribute to unhealthy preoccupation with food and eating behaviors. Tendency to prioritize numbers over health. I describe this as putting too much emphasis on the external over the internal. So numbers are an external factor and health and the way that we feel is internal. With tracking, there is, it, it can often distract a lot from the internal. Another study, Journal of, uh, of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics 2016, found that individuals who focus excessively on tracking macros may neglect other aspects of health, such as quality of food choices. This one doesn't necessarily, I think that coaches are really great at promoting like quality of food choices, but I do believe that priority, that, that often what happens is we do prioritize, prioritize numbers over like how our bodies feel. And that's something that we really need to be aware of. There's the potential for disordered eating patterns. A study from 2017, American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, suggests that extreme dietary control, including meticulous macro tracking, may contribute to development of disordered eating patterns. And the last one is impact on social life and mental well-being. A study in Appetite in 2018 found that individuals who meticulously track macros may experience social challenges and diminished mental well-being due to restrictive nature of this practice. So what does this mean? Does this mean that like if you track macros, you are going to like deal with all of these things? No, not necessarily. As I said, can you approach macros with a flexible dietary approach? Yes, it's possible. But a big component of that is your attitude towards your body and what the point of you tracking macros in the first place is. And I will say this, you do not need to track macros literally ever in order to learn how to feed yourself adequately. It can be a tool to guide your choices. But those choices need to come from a place of love, care, and trust with our bodies. And often we use dieting and macros specifically as a band-aid. You know, I don't feel good about my body. I'm going to track my food in order to lose weight and make my body look better. I don't trust my body. I don't trust my hunger cues. I don't trust my cravings. I'm going to track to make sure that I don't overeat on sweets. You know, I don't have a connection with my body. And so I'm going to track to make myself stick to this eating schedule. And that's because often that can be easier and quicker than actually learning how to pay attention to our bodies because it's not like learning to listen to our bodies is not an easy task. It's incredibly, incredibly worth it. But what can happen is tracking macros becomes this band-aid that makes it harder to connect with or trust our bodies because we become really externally focused and we either ignore or are blind to the signals that our body gives us. And I want to give you two examples from clients of mine. So one of my clients came to me wanting to stop tracking. And what we identified is like she ate her meals the same time every day, generally the same foods pretty much every day, very structured. And the very first skill we worked on was eating her breakfast without distractions. And because since she was so used to tracking, she would track her food. And since she knew that her breakfast was like the quote unquote perfect amount, she would scroll on her phone or do other things and not pay attention to the internal part of eating. And as she started to pay attention during her breakfast, she noticed that some days she felt full before she was finished. Some days 
her breakfast was the, the quote unquote perfect amount. But since macros was this focus on the external, she missed that piece of information that her body was giving her. So she thought like, oh, I need to control what I eat to control the amounts that I, that I put in my body. But really, as she learned how to listen to her body, she learned how to regulate the amounts that she put in it a lot better. And then another client who recently finished my Confident Eater program was, you know, she was a client that had been told by multiple coaches and trainers, you know, you have to track macros to lose weight. You have to track macros to make sure that you're eating enough protein, blah, 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 blah. And she often found herself force feeding protein and ended up cutting out some of her favorite foods like spaghetti and meatballs because she was like, that's not macro friendly, right? And she noticed that she would have these urges to snack on sweets or things her coworkers brought into the office. She would like reach for food and she's like, I don't, I shouldn't be eating this stuff. But when we started working on mindful eating skills, paying attention to hunger and fullness, and she started working on hand portions over tracking her food, and she noticed that she was leaving food on her plate, she was feeling full sooner, enjoying her meals more, and also it was a lot easier for her to choose like, will I eat this treat or will I not eat this treat? Instead of having to rely on, well, does it fit my macros or not? And interestingly, the weight that she had been trying so hard to lose started to come off. And it wasn't because she was focusing on fat loss, but it was because she was tapping into that internal body wisdom that macros had kind of led her to ignore for so long. And specifically, I remember she told me about, you know, she was out with her husband one day and they had the option of going to this pizza place where they'd had one of their first dates or going home and eating a meal. And when she was tracking, she would have said, no, like, let's go home and eat because she didn't trust herself to have a couple slices and it didn't really fit her macros for the day, right? But with the mindful eating skills and the release of rigid control, she went to the pizza place, ate with her husband, and it ended up being this beautiful moment of connection and joy between them. She didn't end up overeating because she allowed herself to notice what was happening in her body. She reminded herself that like, I can eat this pizza tomorrow if I want to. And it was a special occasion that she would have missed out on because of the rigidity that she felt around macro tracking. We get so tied to data and numbers that are supposed to dictate our quote unquote health and fitness that we forget that the most overlooked metric is what the fuck is my body telling me? I want to dig into some skills now. I want to help you build skills. Whether or not you are tracking, these are skills that are necessary for getting to a point where you feel confident not tracking at some point. You might be thinking, like, I would love to be more flexible. I would love to trust myself around food. I do want to eat more normally, but I'm scared of letting go of macros. And that is where you and I can relate to each other so hard because I remember going back to macros on and off and on and off, even after I told myself I would quit. Specifically, I remember I would finish eating for the day, like finish my dinner, and then my macro anxiety would pop up. I would open up MyFitnessPal and I would track my daily meals from memory to like make sure that I didn't overeat. It took me about three to four months to fully feel comfortable not tracking. And honestly, I do not think I will ever go back to it. I just don't see the point. And I've learned my body well enough to know how to feed it. I know what foods feel good for me. I know what portions feel good for me. I leave food on my plate if I'm full or I save it for later. I know the difference between craving something just because like I saw it or I smelled it or when I genuinely do want to heat up one of the chocolate chip cookies that I have in the freezer from the last time I baked. For me, tracking was always a form of control. 
it was a way to outsource my decision making and to keep my body looking a certain way because I never learned how to trust my hunger and fullness. I never learned how to understand my cravings and and work with them instead of against them. And I do want to say like it takes a lot of mental energy at first to check in with your body, gauge your hunger, pause before reaching for a cookie, practice these mindful eating skills. It does take effort to stop the mental macro calculations. And something specifically that my clients and I talk about all the time is talking back to our thoughts. And so when I would have these macro calculation thoughts in my head, I would talk back to them. Like literally like it was, those were one voice and then I would intentionally talk back and be like, that's not what we're doing right now. That's not my focus. And I would do a lot of reframing, um, which is something that we talk a lot uh, about in The Confident Eater. And I can tell you now, I genuinely have no idea how much I weigh, but I have never enjoyed being in my body more. And I want to share some tips for you to get started if you'd like to do the same. First, just because you want to stop tracking macros doesn't mean we just say fuck it to structure. In fact, structure is incredibly helpful and I would argue necessary in the process of learning to be more intuitive or the process of learning to trust your body more. In The Confident Eater, my group program that is designed to help women stop tracking macros in a structured step-by-step way, I encourage building in structure and and setting helpful guidelines, but there's so much freedom within that. And it's very, very different than having rules or restrictions. First thing we got to do, the first sort of bit of structure is to commit to eating regular full meals. Usually for most people, that's three meals and anywhere from one to three snacks. And that means you're not going to get too hungry, which is Being too hungry is a big trigger for overeating and overthinking about food. And most people do well when they're not letting more than three to five hours go between meals. Most of this is just because when you are starving, it's really hard to not overeat. It's really hard to not think about food all the time. The second thing, I use two methods with clients that are looking to maintain structure without tracking. One is hand portions. So essentially using your palm to measure protein-rich foods cupped hand to measure carbs, thumb for fats, and fist for veggies. And we do this in in a very, like we, we sort of understand like, well, what does your body generally need? And then we aim to create regularity using that. And then little by little, you'll realize that like, I don't need to be doing this anymore. But it does help for structure at the beginning. Another method is the balance plate method. And this is what I use myself now um, because it is a lot more flexible. And essentially here, the goal is to have a mix of protein, carbs, fats, and veggies in most meals. And ratios are generally around 25 to 35% protein-rich foods, 25 to 40% carbs, and like half-ish or whatever's left veggies. And then we like sprinkle some fat in there, Right. And when it comes to snacks, I encourage aiming for at least two macronutrients out of three in snacks. So for example, protein and fat, fat and carbs, protein and carbs. And it's not because that is like magic for any reason. It's just because we're a lot more likely to feel satisfied eating like an apple and some cheese rather than just an apple. Um, Except for me because I hate cheese, but that's, (laughs) I'm a weirdo. More cheese for you. Then we need to talk about skills. So we have a little bit of structure and now we need to talk about skills. What skills do you need in order to build that trust with your body and build trust in your decision-making process around food? So we need to spend time learning physical hunger and fullness. And this is something we spend a lot of time and have some really interesting interactive exercises for my clients to practice at home 
to understand what hunger and fullness feels like, like what those physical sensations are, because tracking can create a really weird relationship with hunger. I had one client in the Confident Eater that she felt, she told me she, that she felt like hunger was weakness, that years of macro tracking kind of made her feel like if she was hungry between meals, it was somehow her fault. We also need to learn how to identify and understand the different types of hunger. So there are four types of hunger that we talk about in The Confident Eater. Physical hunger, emotional and heart hunger, practical hunger, and then mindless or taste hunger. And understanding how those pop up in your day-to-day is so, so, so helpful for then noticing, well, how do I want to respond to those types of hunger? We need to become, we need to build the skill of eating non-distracted meals. We need to learn how to sit with the discomfort of saying, I've had enough. And this is, this is challenging, right? Because there are times where you're going to want to eat seven cookies. And what is actually aligned with your goals and values is like two cookies. But how we manage this is from a place of like recognizing that this is a challenge. I know that eating seven cookies is probably not going to feel that great. After two or three, like they're not going to taste as great either. And intellectually, I know like that's not how I want to treat my body. But we have to sit with that moment of discomfort that we feel where it's like, okay, I could have the fourth cookie or the third cookie, but there's a moment of discomfort that we can sit through. And often it's like this urge that peaks and falls fairly quickly, but that's a skill that we need to learn. And then we also need to build emotional coping skills. And you might think like, how is that related to macros? But there's a few different reasons. So sometimes we can use macros to like control ourselves and and force ourselves to not eat emotionally or we eat emotionally but as long as it fits our macros but also we use macros as a tool for control when we feel certain emotions that might cause us to cling to control even more and it's so interesting because I was speaking to someone on Instagram that was telling me that you know when I feel uncertain I feel anxious I feel sad I will re-download my fitness pal And the reason for that is because often emotions and not knowing how to deal with our emotions drive us to feel like, oh, I don't have control. So then we will seek control over food in our bodies to combat this feeling of discomfort. Specifically, one skill set we work on in The Confident Eater that is so, so, so important, and my one-on-one clients here, they know that we talk about this all the time as well, is self-compassion. And self-compassion is an incredible way to support ourselves and like be that caring, supportive friend alongside ourselves when we are struggling or feeling down or feeling like this is a challenge. I want to throw this out there for you. My DMs on Instagram are wide open. And I want to hear from you. Are you a macro tracker? Are you a macro coach? Are you none of those things? What about this episode resonated with you? What did you hate about this episode? What did you wish you heard more of in this episode? And specifically, if you are a coach, I hope this gave you something to think about. And I know macros are like a really hot thing on Instagram right now, um, a really hot thing like in the fitness industry. And, you know, here's where we want to understand that just because macros is a tool does not mean it is the best tool for everyone. And we need to be better, like coaches, we need to be better at being able to understand who these tools are right for when these tools are right for them as well. As a coach, unless you're doing a lot of skill building and mindful eating work with clients, I guarantee you have someone on your client roster right now that is displaying macro tracking warning signs and you may be missing them and it may be making their results or their process even harder. And like, unfortunately, 
you may be driving them towards more disordered eating patterns. And I don't say that as like an insult or like it's something that we know is a risk factor and we need to be more aware of this. I don't want, I'm not meaning to call you out here, but I do hope that this sparks some thought in all of us around what it means to actually have food freedom, actually trust in our bodies and what it looks like to have a better relationship with food. And I believe that we should all be striving towards more flexible approaches to eating. I just have to say I'm so freaking excited because we're starting with our newest mentorship group today. And these women are so incredible. They are all macros-based coaches that are really passionate about developing new coaching skills to support their clients. And some of the coaches that I've been working for for a few months now are already taking on more habit-based coaching clients, more mindful eating-based coaching clients. And they are even starting out some of their clients from the very beginning of their journey, no macros. And it's so cool to see that. I will say also, if you heard me mention the confident eater in this episode and you're curious about that, you're someone that wants to learn how to eat in a more flexible way and stop tracking macros and feel confident about that, you will be hearing more about it. Please make sure to, if you are interested, you can learn more about it in the show notes. Or as I said, slide into my DMs on Instagram and we'll chat about it. I know some of you have reached out already and this program is just, it's so much fun for me to coach because I have been exactly, and I also know what it's like on the other side. Anyways, last thing I will say, and then I will shut up. If you ever want to hear a topic on the podcast or you have any questions based on an episode that you've heard, send those questions over to me. This is like, this can be a conversation. This doesn't have to be like you listen to me talk and then you're like, oh, okay, just wait for more information, you know, if she decides to give it to me. You can ask me for information. You can ask me for clarification. You can challenge what I'm saying here if you want to. I really embrace that and I appreciate it. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. And we will talk again very soon, I hope.